Chapter Seventeen of the Star Chamber, an Historical Romance, Volume Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. The Star Chamber, an Historical Romance, Volume Two, by William Harrison Ainsworth. Chapter Seventeen disgrace sir jocelyn was not without great uneasiness at the result of his interview with de gondomar had it been possible he would have avoided a rupture with so influential a personage an event to be dreaded at any time but especially so at a juncture like the present when dangers menaced him on all sides and the only question appeared to be from what side the first blow would come his chief anxiety however was for aveline whose position was one of such strange and imminent peril against which he knew not how to guard her he was still left in the same state of uncertainty as to who would be the claimant of her hand for the mysterious personage in the mask had not appeared again according to his promise after the jousts this suspense was terrible and sir jocelyn found it so difficult of endurance that he would have preferred the actual presence of the calamity by which he was threatened his fears were that the claim he so much dreaded would be made by sir giles mompesson in person and in that case he had determined forcibly to resist him and this supposition might account for the delay since he knew that sir giles was suffering severely from the effects of the blow he had dealt him in the tilt-yard de gondomar's were not idle threats as sir jocelyn soon found on the next day as he entered the palace he was informed by the lord chamberlain that he was deprived of his office of gentleman of the bedchamber and when he demanded the reason of his sudden dismissal the duke of lennox with a shrug of the shoulders declared he was unable to afford him any information but what the duke refused was afforded by de gondomar who at that moment entered the corridor in company with buckingham and some other nobles on his way to the presence chamber on seeing his late protege the ambassador halted for a moment and with a smile of triumph said you owe your dismissal to me sir jocelyn i have made some few circumstances concerning you that had just come to my ears known to his majesty and as he does not choose to have spies about his person he has released you from all further attendance upon him in a word he has forbidden your attendance again at the palace added buckingham who had paused likewise with an insulting laugh i must to the king your grace cried sir jocelyn to the lord chamberlain i will explain the falsehood of this charge to his majesty and show him who is the spy and traitor he has to fear you cannot pass sir jocelyn said the duke of lennox 
placing himself in his way while two halberdiers advanced to bar his passage with their partisans i say not a word as to the cause of your disgrace but i may tell you that his majesty is greatly offended with you and that it would be highly imprudent to approach him in his present frame of mind even were it permitted you to do so which it is not as i have said you are deprived of your office and enjoined to absent yourself from the palace till it shall be his majesty's pleasure to recall you and that is not likely to be soon the case eh count observed buckingham with a laugh not very likely indeed marquis said the ambassador i much regret that i have been the means of introducing so unworthy a person to his majesty but i have made all the amends in my power must i tamely endure all these insults and calumnies your grace cried sir jocelyn furiously if you will be guided by me you will retire rejoined the duke of lennox or the provocation you will receive may induce you to do some desperate act which may render your position worse and put your restoration to the king's favour entirely out of the question while sir jocelyn was debating whether he should comply with the duke's advice the door of the presence chamber was thrown open and james coming forth from it marched slowly along the corridor our young knight now fondly hoped that the king might deign to look upon him and so enable him to plead his cause and perhaps the lord chamberlain himself entertained similar expectations for he did not insist upon sir jocelyn's withdrawal but allowed him to remain within the corridor though he was kept aloof by the halberdiers but both were disappointed james no doubt designedly bestowed his most gracious marks of condescension on buckingham and de gondomar and lingered for a few minutes to laugh and talk with them after this as he was passing sir jocelyn he pretended to notice him for the first time and observed in a tone of reproof to the lord chamberlain what doth the spy here my lord duke i thought you had our orders concerning him see they are better obeyed in future and when the young knight would have spoken he interrupted him by an imperious gesture crying out not a word sir not a word we will hear not more from ye we have heard o'er mickle already and he passed on thus was mountchensey's disgrace accomplished by his enemies End of chapter 17